How many times have you sent messages to women and gotten zero response or maybe gotten a response and then it fizzled out immediately? Well, you need help with your banter, my friend. And that is where I come in. I am basically the world's only banter coach. I teach you and give you the hard skill of being witty and clever and fun and also emotive and vulnerable to connect with women so that they want to know you. They want to go on a date with you. I have helped so many men succeed at this. I've lost count. So if you're struggling in this department, I'm telling you, it is worth your time to go to kristinandchill.com. If I could take all the guys that I've worked with and have them yell at you and beat you up until you finally give in and say, okay, this is something I really do need to work on, I would do that. But unfortunately, I can't do that. But what I can do is I can teach you to be fast on your feet so that you can charm her socks off and even more. And if you're finding you're not even getting matches to be able to banter in the first place, I make killer profiles. I hate to brag, but they're really, really good. So if you need help with your profile, I'm here for that as well. Make 2023, not 2022 or 2021 or however long you've been struggling. And you can start doing that by going to kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on the Ask Women podcast, we have a specialist in studio with us who's going to talk to us about how to tell stories. It's pretty important to be able to tell a story and to learn how to invoke certain feelings out of the women that you are telling these stories to. Telling stories makes you more charming, makes you more attractive, and gives lots of space for a woman to find you super interesting. So you're definitely going to want to pay attention and watch this episode. Make sure to bring a pen and paper with you to listen to this episode because you're going to want to write notes down and practice everything that Jeff, our specialist, says. So keep listening. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast where you get real advice straight from the source. Women, I'm your host, Kristen Carney, here with my co-host, Marnie Kinris. And today we have with us a master at storytelling, Jeff. So what makes you so great at storytelling? What makes me so great? I don't know that I'm so great at it, but I do know that I've done the deep dive as to sort of figuring out how it works, sort of reverse engineering the process of building a story and storytelling. So so cut to 20-something years ago, I moved to Australia from my hometown of LA, and I was in Australia trying to make little independent films. I'm an independent producer. Uh, Why Australia? Did you see an opening there or something? Well, so I have an affinity for kangaroos, I get. No, I don't. I I actually met a guy. (laughs) There's a whole other episode, yeah. (laughs) We don't like to talk about those things in public companies. Crocodile Dundee came out and you're like, I gotta go there. I I love the accent. No, it's, I, so I met I feel like that happened to a lot of people that like, I have to go down to that place. This year's a nice. But so I, I, I couldn't, uh, I, I, I was acting and making short films and all that sort of stuff in Los Angeles and my, and my, okay, so, uh, so I was trying to, 
So I was trying to, uh, you know, make films and, and act and all this sort of stuff. I met a guy in, uh, LA who was an Australian guy. And so he stayed with my girlfriend and I for like a month before he went back to Australia. And so he said, Hey, if you're ever in Australia, you got a place to stay, blah, blah, blah. So when I split up with my girlfriend, I was like, Hey, I should go see the world and, <laughs> and take you up on your offer. Yeah. Like what, what cooler place to go to start your sort of world adventure than uh, going to Australia. So I moved to Australia. And when I was there, I got there, I ended up moving to New Zealand because there was a job offer in New Zealand. And and next thing you know, I'm sitting in New Zealand going, what am I doing in New Zealand? I'm sort of so far away from the film industry that I know and have spent 15 years of my life in and all that sort of thing. And so, uh, so I decided that I was going to write a script and make a little movie with a friend of mine in Australia. And we did that. Um, took about seven years before we abandoned that project <laughs> because... Ran out of money and it mm -hmm. became the denials that said uh, it all just we fell can apart. do it yeah. <laughs> exactly. But so when we thought we were close to finishing, I started looking for other scripts to produce, and uh, this started. I got about three hundred scripts in and looked through all of them. Spent six months reading every word of every script because I was bound and determined to respect the writer. That literally sounds like hell, like it, actual hell. But it literally was. Yes. We're not <laughs> readers. That's why it sounds like hell. I No, I read before when I first moved to LA, I had an internship for a couple of weeks at a uh, independent production company. And I... Oh, you were reading scripts? Yeah. And I was reading scripts and it was like... It was so painful because it was like so terrible, but I felt so bad chucking this thing in the garbage yeah. that this person poured their heart and soul into. Unfortunately, their soul sucks. So it's like, gotta throw it, out. No, it is so interesting that in dating, you don't feel that same sort of like heart for that person. Yeah, because there's a face attached. It's an annoying looking face. Yeah. It's easier to turn down an annoying But it is funny because you have a lot of like same thing on Tinder. You have a lot of guys who are being thrown at you where you're like, eh, this isn't right. This isn't working. This isn't like flowing the way I want it to. But when you do find that great script or that great person yeah. that you connect with, and bingo, you've got something. Absolutely. And unfortunately, if you're sort of looking and looking and looking through 306 months and you find nothing, what do you do? So my idea was to try to solve that problem and sort of reverse engineer the process of, okay, you've got a good idea. How do we turn that into not just a screenplay? Because anybody can do that. Just buy some formatting software and bang something out. And that's what everybody does, by the way. But what that does nothing for someone like me who needs to then go package it and try to find the right elements, get a director excited about making it and investors to actually put real money into it. So how do people write something that I can then produce? So I went down that road and I started reverse engineering that process and eventually started teaching screenwriting and eventually started teaching, eventually built a system online where writers start at one it's end. Called. It's called Fast Screenplay. And they start at one end and they every single day get a new sort of full immersion, immersion step. And as they do, we develop the skills and develop the process and develop their project all the way through with an eye toward actually writing something that producers can say yes to. So in the process of doing that, sort of learned more about storytelling and more about screenwriting and more about how the dynamics of it work than I ever thought. I would or would want to. <laughs> and before you start telling us exactly how storytelling works, I wanted to do something I haven't done in a very long time. I wanted to do a wing girl minute. So if you keep going on a lot of dates but are not making it to the second date, most likely it's because you're holding back on flirting. 
I get why you don't want to flirt. You don't want to creep her out. You don't want to seem too aggressive. And you certainly don't want to be shut down. So instead, you act polite, reserved, asexual, and have a great conversation, some laughs, and an overall good time. What you don't have is chemistry, a spark, or anything that makes a woman feel wow, I want to see him again. My advice is to not hold back. Flirt, be playful, touch. It's the only way to make her think, wow, I need to see this guy again. And that's my wing girl minute. Yay. We haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. Um, all right. So now on to storytelling. Well, it's funny that you that yeah. you say that because in some ways I feel like part of the solution is in storytelling. Yes. I try to storytell as well for all yes. my episodes. I knew <laughs> I wanted you to yeah. talk about that. So that's why I chose that way. Nice. So continue. Yeah. So why is that important? Well, you know, so often, so I come from an acting background as well. So I started acting when I was 12 years old. Right? Oh, wow. I've been in, in movies and TV and all sorts of stuff along the way. Oh, I didn't know that about you. Really? That's so no. funny. Uh, yeah, I'm in a ridiculous uh, teen comedy from the 90s. What? Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. No, you're not. Are you really? I'm looking it up right now. Are you serious? Which yeah. character are you? I just have a small part. Uh, Which I get small to, part? I get to tell uh, Dave Duchovny, park at yourself Metallica breath. I know. Do you remember that, that one? <laughs> I just know that part. Do you know how many times I've seen that movie? <laughs> and you've never noticed? No. Well, I'm was, sorry. You were was, a little younger. A lot younger. But now I'm picturing a face, and, uh, and now I do know. <laughs> That's so funny. But so, so as an actor, one of the things that you learn along the way is, um, is the the there's a, one of the great acting teachers named Sanford Meisner once said the most interesting thing about watching people on stage is that real connection between two actors, right? So it's not it, when someone's acting in their sort of in their head and they're thinking about their performance. It's boring. It's not real. It's it's. It's disconnected from reality. So what's most interesting is watching two people really connect. So the way I'm talking to you right now, I'm I'm looking for your reaction to make sure that what I'm saying is landing, to make sure that what I'm saying is connecting. And I think one of the problems that people get into in any sort of social situation, same with business networking and all that kind of thing, is they're so busy thinking about my end game, what I'm going to get out of it, my performance, as it were, that they're not really focused on that other person and what's what they're trying to achieve with that other person. So my sort of idea is that for story, if you focus on storytelling and on either entertaining the person or helping to show some sort of uh, real world change or something that, that is embodied in the nature of story, then it takes your attention off of you. You don't have to focus on you so much. You're more focused on what is the story that I'm telling and how is it landing and is this person responding to it? And if not, you're adjusting and you're, 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 you're introducing new story elements to change that narrative a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. But how do you, how do you start like at the base of it? Like, let's say there's somebody who really doesn't know how to engage with other people. They don't think their stories are interesting or they're no not problem. really sure. Right. <laughs> or, right. We haven't developed a skill. It's a skill. Right. It's just like what comedians yeah. do. They're constantly working on developing their comedy as well. Like I've seen comedians go up on stage with notes. When they're working on their set, Jerry Seinfeld did the same thing. Louis C.K. does the same thing. They work on a joke mm-hmm. and they try and... Ins- it really is just a pad of paper that says the audience is terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, all, that's all it is. Exactly. Imagine imagine <laughs> they can imagine. But that. that's the whole thing. Like Comedians are there working on that art to finesse that one story to find out like what point gets the audience, what makes them laugh, what doesn't make them laugh. They try a different ending. They try and finesse it. So for somebody right now, like going back to the person who's like, I'm not very interesting. I don't have interesting stories. How how do they go to the first step 
of telling a story to well, somebody. The first thing to understand is that when you're telling a story, you are taking someone through an experience. So the 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 thing that we that we're often disconnected with when it comes to storytelling is that we think we're trying to entertain that person, but we're really trying to get that person to experience something. If you think about when you go to see a movie, or you go to watch a play, or you watch a comedian, you you're you want to experience an emotion. So if you go to a horror film, you want to get scared. If you're an action film, you want to get excited. If it's a comedy, you want to laugh. If you go to a comedy and you don't laugh, it sucked, right? right? Like that's the test. So have you experienced something? What, or if, what if you say? That's funny. <laughs> well, because if it's not <laughs> from your, uh, from your reaction, it's really weird because well. I think I'm so dead inside that I will find something very funny and I just go, oh, that's funny. And I don't laugh. <laughs> I do the same that's thing too. Episode, There's very yeah, few yeah, things. You're dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, a lot, that's a lot of the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of times where I do that as well, where I'll go, that was funny. But like, I don't laugh out loud, but I actually really mean it that that was funny. It says, I've just heard too much comedy. Mm -hmm. Well, but if, you, if, you, if you're truly engaged or something really hits you that in that resonant place, you're going to laugh. You're not, you're right. not going to intellectually laugh because you can, you can respect the comedy quality of a joke, but not necessarily right. resonate with you as funny. So right. there's, a, there's a difference. You can intellectually understand story. Or you can intel you can emotionally engage with the story, and I think that's the key if you're trying to look at at. So you're asking about how, where do you start, basically, yeah. and sort like of what elements are needed for a story. So story, I think, ultimately boils down to uh, three simple words: hero, goal, obstacle. Right? There's a character. The character wants something, and something else gets in the way. So if you're thinking about telling a story, there's three other words that are also good as well, which is uh, uh, setup, conflict, and resolution. So it's pretty simple. We might have heard these things before. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to tell a story, understand that you're, you have to start with a setup. You have to set the stage. If you want someone to experience emotionally the story that you're trying to tell them, let's say you're in a situation and you think, oh, I want to, I got a great story about this guy or this thing that happened at work that day. You have to first set the stage. You have to create who, you have to establish who that hero is, who the character is, right? You have to then establish what they're trying to get, that goal. And then we have to set up what the obstacle is, what went wrong, what what fell apart, what what tragic thing happened. If it's funny, we've got to have humor in there. We've got to see the funny side of it, right? So if you think about sort of uh, being in that social situation where you're going to try to create something on the fly, you could do that just spontaneously on the fly. Just set up a situation. Say, oh my God, the funniest or craziest thing just happened to me or to, you'll never believe Fred. what happened on the way over to Fred, <laughs> right? So, so the first thing you want to do is you want to establish that situation. You want to establish who Fred is. For someone to emotionally engage with that story, we need to care about Fred. What's interesting about Fred? Why do we care about Fred? Oh my God, he's the funniest guy in the world, or he's, or he's so, he does this thing where he can twist his arm behind his back, or something interesting that pulls us into Fred and Fred's world and the situation that you're setting up. Oh, interesting. So the girl on the date would have to be on Fred's side, like see why Fred is valuable or something. Is that what you're Possibly. Saying? Well, it sort of depends on what your outcome is. So the other aspect of story is that story is all about, at its core, something changes in a story. At its core, usually, the, if you're watching a movie, the character is going to change from beginning to end. They're going to go through what's called a character arc. They're going to make some sort of transformation along the way. Something in some situation changes. 
could just be something as simple as, you know, an office story where something crazy happened at the office. The office had a moment of levity. So we went from everybody was stiff shirt and then this thing happened, blah, we all laughed. And now what's changed is it's a lighter atmosphere. So it doesn't have to be, you know, the world has changed or something grandiose like that. But ultimately, it's really the point of your story changed. that you're saying. Like, I'm telling you this because and this, this is what is, happened. And this is it. So the change ref- ends up reflecting what uh, the meaning of the story is. So every story has a meaning, whether you intend it or not. So if the story, if you don't have, have an intention behind your meaning, well, maybe the wrong idea is going to come across. Right. So ideally, we create a story that means something through watching a character or a situation go through some sort of change. So if you're in that situation, you want to create a story, you want to introduce something like that, we, you can jump right into it. And then sort of as you're going on the fly, think about what has to change, what are the obstacles that are going to come up, what funny little obstacles can happen. You may end up throwing yourself off the deep end a little bit and right. going, and then I got no end to my story, <laughs> right? Because you can't think of what that change ultimately was. Sometimes it'll appear naturally for you. And as you get better at storytelling, then it becomes, you're able to design stories on the fly and just get an intuitive sense for it. You've probably, I mean, we've all, we've all met people who are just natural storytellers. Oh my God. They yeah. just... <laughs> Bruce Silverman, who was on our show a very long time ago, who I think we actually, remember him. we talked about this, the older man, and he was in advertising. We should talk to him. Yeah, I remember him. Um, but he's, he, he created like, um, crazy slogans, like American Express, don't leave home without it. Like he wrote that. Oh, wow. Um, what was the one for for Jaws 2 that he made. Whatever. He made, like, he's he's a creator of a lot of interesting things. Yeah. Um, I forget my point of was. But he was a wonderful storyteller. Yeah. I could listen to him tell stories forever and ever and ever. And I didn't, never wanted him to stop because every story he told was interesting. I brought my husband out for dinner with him one time and we both just sat there with our mouths open the entire time. Just like, mm-hmm. being like, and the things he was saying weren't that interesting. It wasn't this elaborate lifestyle that he was talking about. They were just engaging things that he was bringing up. Well, in high school, I was not... Um, I didn't have like a group of friends really, but there was a group of... believe that? (laughs) Yeah. I can't actually. Because everyone loved me. I couldn't decide what group to go to. (laughs) Uh, These girls, they really liked me and everything, but I wasn't really part of their circle. But at lunchtime, I would go to their table maybe like twice a week or something and tell stories. And they would all just sit there just for me to tell the story. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's cute. Like they would say, Kristen, come here, tell me a story. Yeah, like come sit because I I made a clown and like... All that, so it was like entertaining and I would have something to talk about. Oh, so about. people liked you. You just like other people. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way it should be, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. So let's say, I want to get onto the conversation part, but before we jump off from uh, the storytelling, can we give the people who are listening a base level exercise right now? Something that they can do. Like, for example, um, let's say they have five stories right now that they, or something, five interesting things about them. Um, if they were to create, and you could give like the elements that they need to think of for each and every story, which we've you've given in this podcast, but also now just to lay it out as, as the, the three top things. Um, and they could create uh, stories around those five interesting things about them so that if they get stuck in conversation, they could lean on those. Well, okay. So so what I would say in that situation be would be try to come up with maybe five different stories around those five different interesting things. Okay. So... And maybe have some variety to those stories. So if you... uh, Give me an example of what one of the five things might be. Um, Like if they say that in their lives, they work as an IT specialist for Dell. 
So that's a relatively mundane thing. So the, the problem a lot of people are going to probably get into is that you want to or need to or feel the urge to convey that information, but it's really just data. So it's like, if you sit down and start talking to somebody and you're trying to get to know that person and you're just giving data, giving data, giving data, it's so boring. It's like, imagine you're at, 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 a work, at work and you're watching some presentation and the guy's going, flow chart. I work for Dell. Yeah. I am five <laughs> right. feet tall. I am, you know, like, it's like it's a robot. It's five feet tall. Right. For computer <laughs> right. But you're, but the, but the the thing is that that is not there's there's nothing emotional about that. There's nothing that connects you with the other person through data alone. The only way way you connect to another person emotionally is through the story behind the emotion, the behind the data. He ended up working for Dell because his parents were um, refugees to this country, and his dad swam. And I, he had a dream for me to work with computers. I want to know this guy. Absolutely. And yeah. a five foot tall. <laughs> now I don't know. <laughs> well, no, but we talk all the time about so, women need to feel. I used to be six foot tall. Now I'm five foot tall. Let me tell you. Tell me that story. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, you could actually do that. You could make, you could create a, a fun little anecdote around it to sort of make light of what you perceive as your own shortcomings. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Sorry. A little pun there. <laughs> Right. So, so we're all different. Like we all look different. We're all different sizes and shapes and speak differently and all that sort of thing. So there's no right or wrong in any of it. You are what you are and that's who you are. So and that's if, unfortunate. <laughs> but if you, if you're you, stuck in your skirt. If you can, if you can find the fun in it, you can find the joy in it and you can express that you can still connect with other people like i'm sure you guys have short friends right <laughs> well, well i'm I short think we are, i think we are the short friends yeah. exactly <laughs> although where we are right now arena my neighbor who's the divorce one uh she is shorter than me and that makes me feel very good <laughs> so she's three foot four <laughs> four foot eleven wow that's kind that of is, that wow. is yeah that's tiny but so if you can, so at the end of the day, if you're four foot 11, you're four foot 11, you know, what are you going to do about that? So you may as well just have fun with Danny DeVito made a hell of a career. I'm yeah. a short guy. So there's, you know, who wouldn't want to meet and get to know Danny DeVito, right? Like he I would. seems like the most fun guy in the world. And he has a tequila brand. Danny. Wow. Oh no, now, he has a wedding brand. Why I feel like brand? his name should be Danny Three Fido. Exactly. See, right. He made a limoncello because there was this one time where he was drunk on some talk show because he had had shots of limoncello and then it took off and it was viral. This video of him. He's like, all right, let's make a limoncello brand. That's awesome. Means he's smart and a reason to go to Italy. So you know, exactly. So then, how how would you finesse that story? Like, how would you get that across to a woman without feeling so self-deprecating, but without feeling like I'm trying to call attention to this so that you don't make fun of me? Okay, so well, that actually brings up a, a, a sort of secondary idea, which is all stories are more about the audience than they are about the storyteller. Then I quit stories. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I want. How do we all know you? Obviously, yeah. <laughs> bye forever. She's that actor who's focusing mm -hmm. on herself. But you're focusing on yourself in order to get win the approval of the audience. Very true. See, there I see. So ultimately, it's about if you can if you can make the audience laugh, you can make the audience uh, engage in your story. Then it's it, it's going to connect. That's how the emotional connection is going to happen. So um, so so what you need to do is when you're designing stories or when you're telling stories, when you're thinking about story and how to use story, it's not all about you and all about how you're telling the story. It's more about how it's connecting. So what'll 
as someone who's been looking for screenplays for 20 years um, and found very few that are actually viable, uh, you 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 start to recognize pretty quickly that the, those people writing don't really care about what my needs are. So it's not something that I can then do anything with. Similarly, when you're in a social situation, you're talking to somebody and they're... <laughs> You're, if you're just trying to impose a story onto someone, you're going to get the same reaction you do when you tell them that you work for Dell in IT, right? Like it's, it's, it's not, they haven't welcomed that idea in. So they're, you're, they're not going to be a receptive audience. So you have to determine whether they're being a receptive audience and figure out how to find what that receptive, the way in basically, right? So. Okay which comes back in some ways to the acting exercises more, which is more about looking at people and understanding what, and seeing who they are and what they're, what they're responding to. If you start telling a story and people just, they, they put up that wall and like, okay, funny boy, entertain me, you know, it's, guess what? Your story is not going to land. Right. So how do you break through that wall first? That becomes the first thing, right? It be, it's more important to sidestep the story a little bit or make a tell a detail of the story that breaks through that wall. Okay, interesting. You know? Which is wonderful because that leads into conversation, right? So how, so this is what we were talking about at the yeah, wedding. How right. do you, because I'm, him and Jessica honestly like made friends with everybody after one night and we're working the room like crazy and having a blast with everybody. Alcohol. Well, yes, that is for sure. So that is one element for sure. Add alcohol, limoncello yeah. for everybody. Um, but I think naturally you would have done that anyway. Like you would have been fine having well, conversations. So what, what we, cause we talked about it there. Um, how do you break into conversation with anybody and read your audience? Well, you have to, first of all, you have to see if, if someone's open to it. So you're not probably not going to launch straight into a story right away. You're, you're going to, the first thing that you want to do, go back to the acting exercise is, you know, look at the other person, look at the, if the, if it's a group of people together, you don't want to just walk in and start telling the story. Although maybe that's effective if the energy of the group is dead. That would actually can... be kind of a funny character. Like the guy who just walks in and he's like, tells a story, like, hey, so anyway, and no one was ready. That's what you story. did at the lunch table. No, I was invited and they wanted me to come over and tell a story. I just would walk into a random party and start telling a story. Like, hey, did you hear the one about the guy who... <laughs> exactly. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Therapy is helpful for so many things. It's like, are you feeling depressed? Therapy. Are you feeling angry? Therapy. Are you feeling insecure? Therapy. Are you feeling really hungry? Therapy and or just a good bout of McDonald's for a couple days, get it out of your system. But generally, it's therapy. And BetterHelp is so convenient and easy. Finding a therapist is really, I think, the hardest part about therapy. Not even just telling the therapist all of your most secret problems, but just finding the therapist. That's the hardest part. BetterHelp makes it convenient, secure, easy. You can change therapists at any time at no additional charge. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely done online and you should discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com askwomen today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash askwomen. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting. 
or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty, and you'll find out all about it. Well, so the challenge is there's no one right way to do it, right? You can't say in all situations, here's what you do. First, you have to read the audience and make sure that you're going to tell a story that connects with that audience. And then once you sort of do that, you can throw out a cute little anecdote or a funny little detail or something that, again, is setting up your story. So if you can, don't think in terms of telling the whole story right away. Think in terms initially of setting up the story. So you set up the story with maybe a funny little joke or something that's like, um, an icebreaker or something that, uh, some detail that you think this particular group or this particular person would respond to in this situation. If you then get a response, hey, I'm going to parlay this into a setup of a wider story. Oh my God. And then this happened and you keep building and building upon it. Right. I think it would be really generous of people aware that maybe someone doesn't know how to break into a story and help like pull them into their story or something. I was home recently and um, I was at a funeral. My great uncle had died and his son-in-law was there. And I, I know he follows me on Twitter and he like listens to my, he like, he likes what I do. Um, But I could tell he didn't really have, didn't know what, what to say. And I noticed he was missing the tip of his pointer finger. Oh, And it was kind of moment of silence. And so most people I think would be uncomfortable to say like, what happened to your finger? But I was just like, what happened to your finger? And then all of a sudden he broke into a story and he could tell the story of what happened to his finger. And it was very interesting. But I felt like he was nervous and I wanted to like guide him into like something to talk about. Well, that's interesting because that is something. And I think losing a finger might be worth it because you constantly have an icebreaker. (laughs) Constantly. Well, somebody else has an icebreaker. You could use that story too, but even on the flip side. No, but I'm saying like, hear about it. You could say like, do you want to know how I lost this finger? Yeah, no, it'd be a great, I I mean, I'm thinking about cutting off a finger. I think. I'd always have, I'd have an in. I think you might want to think about that a little bit. It's kind of like the modern day smoking. (laughs) You know, smoking. left hand. I'm so uncoordinated on my left, it doesn't even matter. (laughs) Yeah, like who needs that pit finger? Yeah. This kind of finger. finger. It's cute. It's cute, but it evens out the hand. It would look kind of weird like that. Okay, yeah. So maybe that one. Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my nose picking finger. That is. Oh. I'm coordinated with either <laughs> with either arm for my nose picking. There you go. Then you only need one of them, so it's fine. No, I do it twice at the same oh. time. I have double double. She's efficient. Off. Look at that. I can't yeah. wait to see there you are, at stoplight. There are so many stories <laughs> in yeah, just see? that little bit. But it's a great it's a great example, and it's a it's a great example of how you could do it. So obviously, not everybody you meet is going to be missing part of a finger, but um, everybody's going to have something, right? There's always going to be something about that person, or about that situation, or about the room you're in, or about the city you're in, or about maybe politics might be a little questionable. Yeah, we go. Yeah, you never know. It depends what room you're in. But that's exactly it depends on what room you're in. So so you can so if you can. Ultimately, if you get good at the art of storytelling, 
you're going to be able to pick up little cues in whatever situation you're in and launch into a story in that way. If you ever watch the old uh, interviews or something with Robin Williams and you can see how his mind just goes here and then it goes there and it goes there and it goes there. And it was like, that's the, that's the connection you want to do. You, want, you always want to be looking for connections. You always want to be looking for interesting details. You always want to be looking for what's interesting in life. And then you can ask yourself, how did it get this way? Or where's it going to go from here? So there's sort of a sort of fundamental principle of storytelling that I sort of tapped into along the way, which is I didn't tap into it initially, but I realized that it's sort of the core of everything, which is set up and payoff. So everything, ultimately, my whole thing is that everything, absolutely everything is set up or payoff or both. So it's paying off one thing and setting up another. So if you think about all the movies that you see, every single detail in that movie is either a setup for something or a payoff for something or serving both functions in some way, right? Or maybe nudging something along. So something's set up, you need a little bit of a nudge, and then it gets paid off in a bigger way later, right? So everything becomes that. So if you think, if you want something really sort of simple to do at the beginning, if you start looking at everything in your world as set up or payoff or both, then you can start to go, okay, if this is the payoff, what set this up? There's a story of how it got from setup to payoff. What's the hero goal obstacle? What's the setup conflict resolution that led to this thing becoming what it is, whatever's in front of you. It's the, you know, the, 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 the candle on the table in front of you, yeah. right? So it can be anything. So, or it could be something about that person or something about that business or yeah, It's, it's giving it those be. things context. You're saying like Absolutely. where those things came from, how they got me. There's, there's an interesting story behind everything yeah. that exists. Even if you're in a room that's like four white walls and a white ceiling, like that's interesting. Why, why is it empty in here? You know, like there's an interesting right. story behind that. Yeah, or that's some fair. detail of it, right? So, so it doesn't necessarily have to be, like that. nothing fits into a box, particularly with storytelling. It's really just about engaging the other person. And so you engage the other person through taking them on a journey, an emotional journey, preferably, or something funny or something scary or surprising or whatever it might be. You take them on that journey, that's going to pull them in, that's going to engage them. And you break the ice and you have fun and the person will, rem they won't remember you as a detail person. They're not going to remember the Dell IT guy, right? It's not about, oh God, that guy was so boring. You, I was listening to one of your podcasts uh, the other day, like going, what is the show that I'm going to talk right, about? Exactly. Right, exactly. What's morning? You might have heard. Yeah. And, it, and, and, you had, and there was a guy and he was talking about how one of, it was, I think it was a recent episode, the guy was talking about how uh, he, one of his friends was like an Indiana Jones type of person and he had the most interesting life in the world, but the guy was so boring. He didn't say anything interesting about that person, that guy, I don't know. Was the guy on the show as a guest who was boring or he no, was just saying he was, that about, He was yeah. talking about this guy that he had known. But then there was another guy at the same place that he was at or whatever who had a mundane life, kind of a bland person, but so engaging. And so I think it was answering a question about, you know, right. what if you're not good looking enough or something like that, right? So it's like, or what if you're not an interesting person or you live at home with your mother or whatever, something yeah, like yeah. that, right? Yeah. So it's like, at the, still day, be interesting. at the end of the day, anybody can be interesting. You just, if you can master that art if of storytelling. If standards are low enough, you can definitely be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the thing. We are in Los Angeles, so our thresholds and our desire for great storytelling is very different compared to other people mainly. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, but I do imagine I just instantly picture where I'm from and I'm from a small town, but, you know, 
all those people can have interesting stories too. Absolutely. And, and almost may, maybe be more colorful because they're not trying to fit into, you know, some sort of, right. you know, maybe they're their own person living in the middle of nowhere. Honestly, the reality is absolutely everyone has extraordinary stories, but extraordinary stories too. Just because they, they don't can't. know how to tell them. Right. right. Because they don't know how to tell them, but that doesn't mean there's, you can, I can tell you the most mundane story of me walking up the, up the, alley to get here, right? Like the, Actually, the drive. Actually, do that. Show me two different versions of oh. your walk from the car to back here. Right. So I pull up and uh, there's like uh, uh, whatever that is going on Road. in the street. Road yeah, like going gas on work the street. So I went up to the front door and uh, and then I looked at your text and then I realized, oh, I'm supposed to go around the back. So I go around the back and up oh, there you were and I came in. That's exciting. Was that cool or what? Mm-hmm. Horrible. So, Can I make the story more exciting? <laughs> Please do. Okay, so I pulled up and I noticed that there were uh, trucks in the middle of the road and a do not drive through sign or whatever. And as I got closer, I smelled the smell of gas. Oh. And I noticed that the truck said gas company. But I truly have a actual fear of being in a gas explosion. <laughs> and I'm not messing with you because like podcast canceled today my dad yeah i was like sweet explosion yes 20 dead people i don't care i don't have a podcast um but my dad knew a lady back in like the 80s or something she was this little old lady who lived alone there was a gas leak she lit a she lit a match her whole house exploded and she was fried up like a like a chicken wing so anyway that's what i was afraid of on my way over here but i survived unfortunately see that's an interesting story but yes this is why the girls in my high school would call me over because I could be find like, you. Tell me, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell us how you want to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us all your fears yeah. about death. Exactly. But you're so like, what's oh, I've got a lot. So what's happening there? All you're doing is adding a bit more of context. You're also one of the things that you're doing is you're making it personal. You're you're saying how you felt about the situation or the fear that you had. Or so you, what you're doing is, and you would know this from from screenwriting. You you're raising the stakes. Right. So it's not if it's just the story of me walking up. Oh, I had the wrong. I got to go around the back. There's nothing at stake here. But if it's like, OK, so I pull up in my car. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm like five minutes late now. I, I don't know. I didn't know you guys can be a little bit flexible on your start time. So I'm thinking I, she said 1030. I got to be here at 1030. I pull up. These guys are it, they're doing roadworks. I can't even get to the house. And then I go. Scroll to where, which text? Where, where is she? I can't find it. I find your text. You say go to a different address. I'm like, well, oh my god! Now I got to go to some other address. Oh, okay, it's only a few blocks, a few houses away, or whatever it is. So it's okay. So I go up. I'm about to knock on the door. There's spider webs and cobwebs all over the place because it's Halloween. It's all decorated. And then it's like I'm about to knock on the door. And I noticed it says, no, 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 go around the back. Oh, my God. I was about to, like, wake up some baby or or cause this person to freak out. And as I'm going around the back, I smell the gas, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I put out my cigarette, mm-hmm. which I don't really smoke, but I do. Yeah, and I added a cigarette. Stuff. And then I have the coolest thing in the world, which is I'm walking to the podcast with the explosion. Exactly. And I'm yeah. coming out like an action. Yeah. Like and then that. I went, right? So... Yeah. My but there's way is. to pull in elements all the time. So <laughs> that's what your point is, is that there's always a way to make it more But interesting. it's interesting because what you added in was the cigarette. And right. so that all of a sudden, because there's gas, okay, there's gas all the time. But when you add in a cigarette, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what's going to happen now? Because we know that creates danger. And so when you're storytelling, I guess, thinking of things that 
you know, added in that extra element. Well, the other thing that I tried to do, which is arguable how good that actually was. So he's like, I did a lot of other things besides add in a cigarette. I'm an expert here. No, I'm good. So, but the other thing that I tried to do was make it visually entertaining for you. Obviously, I didn't blow up the gas truck outside. But I could feel the stress and the anxiety that you were going through. Exactly. So that, but so first of all, by setting up that I was running late, which by the way, I was not. Okay, I was here on time. Yeah, you got here at ten twenty-seven. Like when you walked through, excited. Right. I looked at the clock and I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> She's hoping you would be late. I, she like was hoping the podcast would be canceled right. because I exploded, and she was hoping that you would be late. <laughs> but so, but so, by telling the story in a way where I was running late, all of a sudden the stakes are up, and you guys were both going, "Oh!" And then what happened? I could see in your eyes, like, "Tell me." what happens next? What happens next? And that's really the key to good storytelling is you want the other person to be looking their at head you nodding, and wanting well. to know what happens next. Yeah. That it's, the, it's how a good screenplay works. If I'm reading a screenplay and I don't really care what happens next, you know what's going to happen? Yeah, what's going to happen next? I'm going to put that screenplay away. Right. So similarly, when you're telling a story in a, in a real world situation, all you want to be doing is teasing along that information and sort of giving little bits and pieces I go into my emotional state, I go into my fears, I go into my anxieties, but I do it in a way that's designed to entertain you or designed to make you go, and then what? And then what? Because if you're saying, and then what? You're, you're in, you're there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally yeah. does. One more question, then I want to answer a question from sure. um, our listeners. When we were at the wedding, I was talking to you about um, what do you do if you're talking to somebody that's shy? And you had a really good answer for that. I forget. Well, you know, was, I forget. No, because it was like when you're in a conversation with somebody that's shy and they're not really giving back to you, how do you either do you tone down your approach? Do you turn up your approach? Like, let's say taken in, in, the, in the dating context okay. of like wanting to date a girl and you're talking to a girl that is shy and you're this like grand storyteller and she's sort of shy. How do you first recognize that she's shy and not being cold? And then how do you adjust or do you adjust? I don't remember this question. <laughs> no, you did have a couple of glasses of wine when I was asking you this did, question. Yeah. But it was a good answer and I forget what you said. Well, I wish I had, <laughs> I I wish I had that answer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what that answer is. But so uh, what I would say now would be if you... It, so that sort of goes back to an acting thing where it's really about right. what's going on with that person. So he, here's the thing. That story I just told you or it ends up in an explosion or whatever, you guys are animated. You guys have sort of this energy going. If you're talking to somebody who's shy, for example, the chances are they don't want to call attention to themselves. They're shy by nature. They don't want to be the center of of the thing. So they don't want you standing next to them telling some huge story that's going to put them in the spotlight that they don't want to be in. So you always have to recognize who your audience is. You always have to get, you always have to sense who they are, what they're about, what they're, what they're feeling in that moment, and then adjust accordingly. But would there be benefit to the, the approach I would take if someone was really shy is to kind of try to shake them, be as comfortable with myself as possible, which means maybe being overboard a little bit and busting their balls to kind of get them to come out of their shell, but like not in an aggressive way. Well, so you're ta- speaking as a female who would be talking to a shy male. So yes, possibly I would say so, because it would be a guy would be sort of maybe more self-aware when you start busting his balls about it, right? Whereas if it's a guy talking to a woman, you don't want to bust the girl's balls, right? Like you want to, what you really want to do is maybe deflect attention. So rather than making it about 
her or her shyness or that the awkwardness of that potential interaction, yeah. turn the attention out here. So instead of oh, telling a story... like, of course she's shy. Yes. She has balls. She had a hard life growing up with balls. <laughs> well, that's why she's shy. So, <laughs> exactly. but so, if you, so rather than telling a story that makes her part of the story or that's really all about entertaining her, what you can do is you can turn away and you can tell a story out here to the, to the, the sort of space or the group or something over here that the two of you are participating in that are the two of you I like that so that way you're that way she's on your team yeah. you guys are on the same side and you're both it's a we you're it's a we and you're both entertained you're both being entertained by the story as opposed to one of you being storyteller one of you being story listener right right mm-hmm. that was a good response and I think it was very similar <laughs> to what you said I like turning it on to other people taking attention off of yourself or putting it onto you, but definitely taking it off of, of that shy person to ease people into a conversation. It's important. It, yeah. It's really important. I wanted to ask one question from our listeners, and then we are going to wrap up our show. Um, I recently went to a local festival with a woman I met online. I thought we had a really great time. We laid back in the grass together talking about random topics and future technology. We, to, we did this because I remember the future technology. <laughs> I love future technology. Yeah, I'm all like, into that. I did a TED Talk. But I wonder if it was one that we didn't... <laughs> no, we, we we recorded this at uh, Play, at Playboy. What? Or something. We did it a long time ago. No freaking way. No, not at Playboy, but we did do it. Oh, we... Oh. Was it with Goldie? It was with Goldie. Yeah, so then there we go. Okay, we didn't... All right. I, I, you have not heard this one because... Sorry. Kristen lost the episode. Yeah, was well... really freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end of the date, she told me, after Future Technology, towards the end of the date, she told me she almost didn't show up, which threw me off. She said, I was just going to walk around, and if we ran into each other, then it was meant to be. Then The next day, she texted me first saying she had a great time. I took that as an opportunity to invite her to dinner with my friend and his wife. When the day came, she texted me saying she was excited to see me cook. But uh, when the dinner came, I received a long text from her saying how work held her up and she would be a while before she got to us. I texted her saying we weren't in a rush and for her to get here when she could, but she never responded and didn't show up. Do you think hanging out with a married couple threw her off or does it go back to the I almost didn't show up remark? Should I try reaching out or just move on? It sucks because I had the best time with her out of all my recent dates. Thanks, Nick. You're like, what's the question? Yeah. Um, so basically, she flaked on him twice. So the first time that... Uh, so what happened? So I missed the beginning part. So, oh yeah, sorry, because uh, we interrupted. I recently went to a local festival with a woman I met online. I thought we had a really great time. We laid back in the grass together talking about random topics and future technology. <laughs> Towards the end of the date, she told me she almost didn't show up, which threw me off, which a lot of girls do. And listen, I almost never show up for my podcast or my coaching sessions. Like each time I'm like, I hope this person cancels because there's like this pressure, right? Of so I've asked to perform. <laughs> Every time I'm like, I hope they don't show up because then you're like, okay, you don't have to perform. And then, you know, you're evaluating how you do. And ultimately you always end up having a really good time. But on a date as well, like certain dates that I went on, I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't show up because then the pressure is there of it actually becoming, really becoming something. Anyway, so she said she almost didn't throw up Throw, show up. She did. She, did. she almost yeah. threw up. She saw you with one love. She, <laughs> she said, I was just going to walk around, and if we ran into each other, then it was meant to be. That's a little hippy dippy ish. But um, the next day, she texted me first saying she had a great time. I took that, that as an opportunity to invite her to dinner. I'm sorry, but she with wouldn't my do that with a million dollars. She wouldn't like just leave a million dollars aside and be like, well, if I walked 
You know, if I have yeah, to exactly. walk past it, then it's mine it's to keep. Be, yeah. No, you're going to go right for to it. To me, that's just like, she didn't want to have anything to, to do with him. And then last minute, I was like, ah, whatever. I guess. Yeah, exactly. And then she seemed to enjoy herself. So the next day she texted me first saying she had a great time. I took that as an opportunity to invite her to dinner with my friend and his wife. When the day came, she texted me saying she was excited to see me cook. But when the dinner came, I received a long test, text from her saying she was held up at work. Um... And she would be a while before she got to us. I texted her saying we weren't in a rush and for her to get here when she could, but she never responded and didn't show up. Do you think hanging out with a married couple threw her off or does it go back to the I almost didn't show up remark? Should I try reaching out or just move on? It sucks because I had the best time with her out of all my most recent dates. Nick. Well, so so really all that's happened here is they met at a festival and laid, and laid down and, and were... Talking about robots. Talking about robots, right. Which is great. I love this kind of conversation. So, uh, but then nothing else ultimately happened after that. So you have to. Well, she followed up and she said I had a great time. She did, but that's also a politeness thing. So we, you can't necessarily read into that 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 was, hey, I want to do this again. Like maybe it is, maybe it's not. Because listen, I've done that where I'm like, okay, that was he was a nice guy. Like, yeah, yeah, I liked him, but I wasn't like, I want to go up that guy again. Right. Right. I mean, I don't think we, I don't think we know from that letter if it was, if it was, um, well, she agreed it, to go out with him again. She agreed out of like politeness. And then once it came, but did she agree like, oh yeah, I'd like to do that at some point. Or did she agree like, yes, I will be there you on that the day. same email as me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they had a set day. <laughs> I, 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 I know, I'm kidding. Yeah, maybe we're well, everything. Okay, so mm, okay, it's a hard so one. She flaked on the second one, but she was there for the, she, but, and so, so he, she said yes to the second date. Right. She almost flaked on the first one. She flaked on the second one. That means she's not that into you. Move on. Well, my my general really? sense. What about the couple? He's listen. I think that's a little bit much to say after you know you have a one conversation about future technology to say okay come and hang out with my couple friend. Depending on how the first date went. To be honest, for her for her to say something like I almost didn't show up, and it's like I'm glad I came. Like to her, for her to reveal that to him, I feel like there was some sort of connection between the two of them. They were in some way having a good time, and in some way saying I almost didn't show up is like a I'm glad I did sort of comment yeah. that I'm enjoying myself. Whether or not she did the next morning afterwards and walked away thinking, yeah, that's like a good friend that we could like you know go shoe shopping together. Versus I want him inside me. That's a very different feeling well, to have also, the next day. In the moment, say, hey, I'm so glad we did this. And then yeah. the next morning, be like, well, that was fun, but whatever. And right. Move on. But then I think that most likely if she didn't really have fun, I don't know what the text message was to him to say thank you. But I find it kind of find it weird that she did reach out and then she agreed to a second but date you look, with him. You, know, you have no idea what else is going on in this woman's right. life. Maybe yes. she, maybe she was on a on a break with, from somebody, right? And then yes. that person called her the next day in between sure. the time of the dinner, For, right? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. Right. So, look, my my sense of it is that at the end of the day, we're I, I always think of it like we're on roller coasters, right? We're we're you're on your track and it's going around and it's twisting and it's turning and whatever. I'm on my track, it's around twisting and turning, whatever. At some point, they may come together, and you're riding alongside each other through twists and turns in like a dual track situation. If at some point they split again, they split. That's life. Like, don't I think there's something that happened that. here. So he's saying, how do I get this girl back and go for another shot? So I think that it possibly could have been, 
having her come and hang out with a married couple. Do you think that's a... Well, so Depending I, I on what there's enough information was. here to know for sure, because that may just be his hang-up. Like, that may just be something that he's like, I can't figure out any reason why this happened. Maybe it's this thing. Right. But the thing Which, is, is that he's saying, is that I've gotten along better with her than most of my dates. I want to go after this one more time. I want to ask her out again. What if... Because I remember our answer before about this was, it was focusing on the fact that he did invite her to go out. Yeah. So like, what would that do to you? So if you weren't like so sure about a guy, but you kind of liked him. And for your second date, he said, yeah, come over to like an intimate dinner with my two best friends. Like she already felt pressure to go on that first date and nervousness. Like that's even even higher pressure situation. If I was really, really into him, I would be okay. I would say yes. Yes. But if I was on the fence about him, I, it would make me uncomfortable and I'd say no. Yeah. Or, be, or, you, or, or you probably wouldn't show up. You yeah. find a way to get out. Well, it then, it then goes back to like what you do on a first date. On a first date, you're going to go to some public place. You're going to make sure she's comfortable the whole time. You're going to make sure that she's never alone by herself and like freaking out like, who is this guy, right? So second sort of situation since their first was this kind of just talky, heady sort of festivaly sort of environment. You probably, again, want it to be just the two of us in some sort of public safe space, but it's now a little bit more intimate, but not. Yeah, yeah you're right. Go, going straight yeah. into like a couple's. Well, maybe she was walking around the building really outside, waiting for him to like walk out and bump into him. Like that seems to be her thing. So I, I, I do think that sound from this, I think that that was a little bit too overwhelming for her. I think that could be a factor. I, don't, I, I, I would. Right, I, but the, but as Kristen said, totally... like there wasn't that strong of a right. connection. But there was, there could have been something there. So for so to not, that's the thing. I don't want to like tell people like cut cut this. Like, don't do these things that you want to do because if you make this choice, you're going to lose it. Or if you make, but like, can I bring it back to story a yeah. little bit? So imagine you have, so, so I said, the story is all about change, right? So the character starts one way, goes through the series of events and changes in some way. The thing that is totally unbelievable in a story is when they're going through, going through, going through, and then suddenly bang, instant change. Like it's not believable. We have to see the change in increments, right? So we need to see a little bit of a change. Oh, no, the, then we see some problem with that. We see a little bit more change, a little problem with that. That's why we have obstacles in a story. So as you overcome obstacles, you incrementally change. It's going to be the same thing with building a bond with another person. You're going to have to incrementally build that bond. You don't want to go from, hey, we just met to let's get married, right? You, you don't want, or even for them to feel that uh oh, that's what this next step is going to be. So if you're going to, if you're not going to incrementally build that relationship, then you you ultimately potentially can see that relationship fall apart because oh, it went too fast, or oh, he rushed me into it, or whatever, right? Yeah. So do you think that if he were to say to this girl, like, so, so like I, what, like my, like what did we say the last time? I forget. We had a really good answer for this one. It was like my bad. Like you know, I realized. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It was basically like, hey, I'm self aware enough to know that that was probably a little too heavy, but I'd still love to go grab a coffee with you. And yeah, like to invite you to hang out with my. At the end of the day, why? Like that's yeah, that, exactly. There's no. It's not saying that that's going to get her back, but just no. even announcing that that maybe that was yeah. the issue for her. It could have her go. Oh, okay, he sees me. He gets me. Okay. I wonder also a little bit of people that like guys maybe don't think this stuff too much through, right? Like I know that Are you it's, kidding? This uh, is my whole business. What, they no, they, no, they no, definitely think it through. But, but on some level, like try it. Like what it, yeah. what what harm so, is there going to be? Sometimes when you're overzealous or you're yeah. excited, 
or, you know, you're not looking at it through a clear lens. You're like, oh, I really like this girl. She should come over with my sure. friends. You Look, know? I've so been there too, yes. so I understand. But... So you're getting excited. Or they're like, I want to see her and I have plans with these people. Why don't I just combine the two of them? It's not like, and then you're not thinking anything of it. You didn't interpret that it was going to be this couple's thing. Yeah. You just sort of did it because you thought it would be fun. And then, oh crap, I've just done this whole couple's thing. Yeah. So yeah, there's, uh, I would say from a, from a self-aware moving forward sort of angle, think incremental. Don't think like always Grand. consider consider what you're asking of the person and make sure you're not making that huge leap. That would be my that'd be my read on it. Perfect. And yeah. that is a but, perfect place to end. But go for it. Yes, but go for it. Every time go for always. it. Why not? Yeah. But if you uh want to learn how to say things correctly, then keep listening to our show so that we can give you the right language for everything. I definitely want to create a program with you about how to tell stories because I think that is very important for people and we'll talk about it once we stop recording this but Jack thank you so much for for coming onto the show tell people how they can find out more information about you Uh, you can find out more information about me through Fast Screenplay probably is is what I'm known most for but we also started a thing in Australia called uh, Success Story where we teach story to business and sort of how to apply story in the business arena to help get people on the same page and and also how to tell stories so I have a whole program by the way uh, speaking of which, of helping people understand how to find stories and shape stories and develop stories. And we do that through successstory.com. Uh, I, so. I love that. Well, so if you're in Australia, mm-hmm. then you can definitely check it out. But I'm sure we, people over here could check it out too, right? Yeah. Well, so it's successstory.com, successstory.info as well. So uh, so that'll be sort of the more global version of it. We That's started cool. in Australia. We're going to expand it. Okay. Sure. I love that. And Kristen, what else is coming up for you? Just check me out on my other podcast, Mentally Chill. And you can just find it on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You can check me out whenever you want. Um, and stand outside my window. Um, or you can go to winggirlmethod.com. But keep, whis- keep listening. Keep listening to the Ask Women podcast. New episodes of our podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please don't be a loser and download each individual episode. Go press subscribe, get them automatically so that you can enjoy your rides to work or any boring time of your life by listening to Kristen and I and our special guests. Uh, you guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. Bye.